Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. You're having a better day than Chiefs fans. I would say, like, that's one that stuck up on stuck up on us. The Devontae Adams one you could kind of see coming. Dan, I mean, like, listen, dude, nobody pays more attention to personnel and personnel moves than you do outside of, you know, all these insider guys that that's what they do for their, their actual job. When you saw Tyreek Hill traded today, did you have any idea that was, that was a possibility? I only I mean, had an idea um, an hour earlier when everybody said Tyreek Hill may be traded today. <laughs> like, that was that was it. It was kind of popped up. Like, we had heard that the sides were were talking um, about a deal, meaning the Chiefs and Hill, but never to the fact where it would be like, you know what, this is going to work out. Let's move them out and move on and change how our team looks. Mm. Um that one caught me. I mean, listen, it caught me very, very much by surprise. But part of it is now with every, with guys, when their name gets rumored in, in trade talks, like they're out, they're done. If you're going to go have that talk, you got to be willing to pull the trigger, right? Like that's one thing we've, we've, yeah. we've all learned from this stuff. Really from the Baker Mayfield angle of the saga is we've, we've all learned that these guys, once you say, hey, maybe, I don't know, it's, it's over, right? Once you call the divorce attorney, just take the ring off. That sucker's, that, it's, that thing's done. Done. Um, man, there's a lot of interesting stuff in regards to this. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I also, I actually don't mind it from the Chiefs' perspective. Um, when you look back at their year this past season, um, people felt maybe the way that they were defending uh, the Chiefs uh, were the reasons why big plays were taken away. And now if you don't have Tyreek Hill there, how are teams really going to defend? But I do think that there was going to come a time and place where they were going to take a dip. I didn't think that there was going to be a Patriots type of run, Doug. So why not put the, you know, get a little ahead of it. You still have Travis Kelsey there for maybe another year or two. He's going to be 33 in October. But now you try to get some more weapons for Patrick Mahomes moving down the line. So maybe you do take a step back this season, but to allow yourself to reload. Yeah. Like, you know, in the long term, Pat Mahomes is going to be there for a long, long time. Correct. So maybe this is the best opportunity for Kansas City to ensure success. Okay, so here's the question, though. Um, and, and I told people I, Orlando Brown's contract is, is problematic because he's franchise tagged. It takes up a bigger percentage of the cap, and they can't seem to get a long-term deal done. Um, would you, if, if you had the chance to move on from Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, which would you have chosen? Um, well... To my point about Kelsey, if if salary was not included, Kelsey right. is the guy. Right. That that's and and there's a there's a bunch of elements to it. Here's like let's remember, okay? I want you, if you listen to my show, to be smarter than most every other person who doesn't listen to the show, so that when you get into these arguments with people, they don't become these insane arguments about trading player for picks because that's not what they did. 
They traded a player for picks, but in in turn, they also got relief from the guy wanted a ridiculous contract. And maybe it's not ridiculous because he's that good. But and and in 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 fairness to Tyreek Hill, in his mind, he's like, look, I was a was the third round pick. Is that what he was? Out of Alabama, Alabama. Uh, I'd have to double check you. Yeah, I mean, like it, because of what happened at Oklahoma State, he was moved down several rounds. Otherwise, he's a first round pick. And then the last time he signed a contract was three years ago. That was when that tape leaked of his, I believe, now wife, then fiance, and there was thoughts that he might be might be suspended again. So the Chiefs got him on the cheap twice. So I'm sure in Tyreek fifth round pick, right? So he. Yeah, so he didn't make anything until the second contract, and the second contract wasn't as big as it could have been because he had the, the exact same woman who he had struck when he was at Oklahoma State. What you know, you know, said you know they're they're scared of you, and so everybody immediately thought that that might mean he hits his wife or hit his kid or whatever. So I understand Tyreek Hill's like, look, I haven't been paid at market value in several years, and so he got. Is it seventy-two and change guaranteed yeah. over over four? Right. So that that means the way these well, deals really work is you get a bunch of money, you get a couple years up front. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say I think it's about it's the overall is four year extension, a hundred and twenty million. That's seventy-two guaranteed, basically over about three years. But yeah, seventy-two point two guaranteed. Mm. Mm. So, but the, the the point is that the the there's no way for them to make it work. Okay, for them to make it work in and the details haven't totally come out of this deal, but there isn't a way for them to make it work in Kansas City with this number. Right? He's gonna get fifty two million dollars at the time he signs the contract. Fifty two million up front. Okay. So what that means is he probably gets basically three years up front and then it's really a three year deal and then it'll have to be reworked before the fourth year of that deal. That's likely what it is. And when your quarterback is taking up 17% of your salary cap and your left tackle is taking up 10% of your salary cap, there's just not enough room there. Now he's, boy, this is a hard one, right? He's 28 and 29 days, so he's still in his prime. He's a great route runner. I, I agree with you. I just don't know if there's any sort of compensation, which is especially this year with this draft where it doesn't feel like there's we, we have absolute hits. Although he was a fifth-round draft pick, so there's no reason you can't find uh, other guys like that. But in, in order to extend the life of a football destiny, or f- football um, dynasty, somebody has to get sacrificed. Somebody has to get sacrificed. I would look at it this way if I was a Chiefs fan. You may disagree with this, Doug. But if you do give Tyreek Hill, you know, he stays with the team this year, they're a Super Bowl contender, there is going to be a point with this contract that he is likely not going to be worth the money that you're paying him or maybe doesn't have the effect on your team. So now maybe that year that you that he plays is maybe more of a lost year because he didn't live up to what you are paying him and now you've decided you have to move on. Then you have to take the next year to end up replacing him. So in a way, they kind of you know they sold high on him, so maybe the gap is only that one year, where it would be next year where you bring in a new receiver this you know this draft however it may be, and it takes that receiver a, a year to get acclimated and and then you can be off and running, but maybe they even save themselves a year because of 
you know, expediting this process? Um, man. Okay, so what's it do to what's it do to the Dolphins? Are the Dolphins good now, or do they just have names that we know? And we'll. It does feel like Tyreek Hill is a sweet pair of rims, but you ever seen rims on a hoopty? Right. Just feels like rims on some sort of average car. Now maybe you know Mike McDonald, their head coach, and McDaniel. now you have a see Mike McDaniel. I'm sorry, did I said Mike keeps saying I keep saying Mike McDaniel. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, um, I, I uh, boy, I'm, 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 I, I, I like, I get what they're doing, right? And the whole thing with Tua is what I've said with all the. If you have a quarterback, especially in his second through fourth year in the NFL. You, you got a ton of cap space. They're not making a lot of money. You better use it then. Because once they decide that they're going to, th- that guy needs to get paid, it just limits to whatever you can do. Case in point, Kansas City. Case in point, the Packers. Case in point, all these guys. You just, that that is like two less players, two less high-end players based upon the guaranteed money you have to give a quarterback and, and what it does to, what it does to the salary cap. All right, so when we started the show, Bayer, you thought the Chargers, we, we, we sent them, we're going to put up a banner for their post. Preseason, their pre- yes. Preseason, offseason uh, division champs. You had the Raiders at two, the Broncos at three, the Chiefs at four. No, it was uh, the Chiefs at three, Broncos at four. Yeah, well, that's just because you're you hate that Russell Wilson wanted out of your off your team. That's really I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's actually reasonable. They got Pat. Like they still have Pat Mahomes, right? Still have Travis Kelsey, right? Still have a bunch of dudes. Like I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team, but they seem like a pretty good football team. And we're not. They're not done yet. I will also say this move does allow me to once again overvalue Clyde Edwards-Helaire going into a fantasy season. Sure. For the third straight year, I will extremely overvalue him and what he means to the Chiefs' offense. Could mean they go get Odell Beckham Jr. too, who won't be ready for the start of the season. Like, yeah, no, they'd love a guy with two ACL tears to replace Tyree Kill. My goodness. I'm just I, I don't know I'm just you're just throwing, you're throwing out like how do you, how do you replace that type of speed and a guy who's a good route runner and and you use him all over the good. field yes yes he was he was not just a guy that you threw the ball up to downfield and that may be the one thing that maybe Tua can't do but everything else that Tyree Kill did with the Chiefs in short routes and ways that Kansas City put him in in ways to win I think the Dolphins will be able to do I mean now the question is is do you just continue to throw five-yard passes to Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill all year long if you're the Dolphins. Yes. But, yeah, the the, flip, yes. the, the other yes. the other, yes. the other part yes. of this, Doug, yeah. is how Miami is now an appealing place for somebody to want to go. This is something we were talking to about in one of the breaks of just now when you see the quarterback movement in the NFL – and you look at where guys are predicting and, and saying, I want to play for this team, I want to play for that team. If Tua doesn't work out, there's probably going to be a quarterback next year that wants out of his current situation. Maybe it's Kyler Murray. Maybe it's somebody else and says, guess what? I want, I to, want to go to Miami. So it's that's what the point. Dolphins did with this deal. It's a great point. It's a great point. And also, I mean, here's a guy, you know, like, look, we all we think they're all in on, on Tua, and maybe they are. Maybe they give him another chance. But Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel came from where? 
San Francisco. Okay. Who is available from the San Francisco 49ers roster? Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Not crazy. No. Not crazy. Doesn't have to teach him a system here. He knows. You know, everybody brings a guy with them. Not crazy to think. So, I don't think we're done yet, but this this NFL offseason is amazing. I've never seen anything like it in in for for this league. We've seen it in other sports. We've never seen it in the NFL. Yes, yes, uh, John Roman. Does that just mean what we're seeing in the NFL this year, like you said? Does that mean that nobody is safe, that everybody has the opportunity to just go wherever they want to at any time? Remember it used to be like, you know, this guy will never leave blank, or this guy won't. But now it just seems like... Nobody really cares anymore. They're just kind of like, hey, where I, wherever the money is, I'm going to follow. Well, uh, I think that's always been the case. I think the difference here is, look, the big ones here are the ones that were moved in contract. Okay, Devontae Adams was technically, you know, franchise tagged or whatever, but franchise tag guys get moved all the time. Tyreek Hill moved basically uh, during during a contract negotiation. So those ones aren't as big as Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson, although Deshaun Watson has a lot of mitigating circumstances, but he was still under contract for seven more years. Those ones pop up to me as 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 big in terms of changing the landscape. Tyreek Hill leaving because he wanted you know more money, and when they were negotiating a new deal, um, I, I don't I don't think that one is that different. It's also the volume of people that have been moved. You know, there's lots of times in which people in our industry is like, well, this guy should just go like you. Know, they can't. It's like the Kyler Murray thing. Like, if he really wants to take off the Cardinals, they could potentially control his rights for the next five years with no negotiation. He has to play under their rules. Now, it's a lot of money in the years three, four, five, but still, there's no negotiation there. And then you look and you're like, man, I, I mean, I, I love Pat Mahomes. I think Andy Reid's great too, but don't you have to pick on some level the Chargers? You know, or maybe you can pick the Raiders who finished ahead of the Chargers, beat them the last week of the season. Or maybe you pick the Broncos because they were a quarterback away. But it's it's not only an incredibly difficult division. I'm not sure the Chiefs are the best team anymore. Andy Reid, I'm happy for Tyreek. He's grown as a man and a player here in Kansas City. Myself, my staff, and our organization appreciate all he did for our team. This move also benefits the Chiefs, who now have cap space and additional draft picks to grow as a football team. We wish him well. As he moves forward. In other words, like, look, we we did this for the cap space. Brett Veach, it's hard to put into words what Tyreek has meant to the Chiefs' kingdom over the last six years. He's a special player, one of the best in franchise history. He's been a large part of our success, including the Super Bowl championship run. This decision was incredibly difficult, but we felt it was necessary to move in the best interest of the team. Also for Tyreek, we wish him the best as he continues his career. Why would Zion Williamson post a video of him with an incredible dunk on social media? I'll dive into that next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Play gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's, uh, let's do this. Did you guys see the IG post um, from uh, uh, Zion Williamson? After he's cleared to resume basketball activities, but still not with the Pelicans. Uh, Jason Stewart, how would you describe the dunk that he did in his IG post? It was pretty darn impressive. Was it um, Was it off the uh, back and then caught and through the legs? 
Yes. All in one motion. I mean, um, I think if if you if he does that in a dunk contest, that's got to be a a fifty. I mean, it was pretty darn impressive. Everything's a fifty. Everything's a fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem with with dunk contest uh, voting. Whatever. It's just everything. Everything is so arbitrarily a fifty. Um, okay, so here's my read on it. I think that. I think the younger generation spends way too much time worrying about social media. We all, even though those of us who are older and we're into social media, you just have to temper it and not overreact to it. I, I talked to a I talked to a broadcaster last night who's doing the NCAA tournament games. And he called me and he's like, I trust you, you're the voice of reason. Was I over the top? Was I too much on this one topic during my games? And I was like, absolutely not. You were great. Why would you ever say that? And he's like, social media is just killing me. And I was like, dude, social media kills everybody. Just don't go on social media when you're doing a game because you'll either be the greatest of all time, which will overinflate your ego, or you're the worst of all time. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. The truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, anyway, so I use that because I do think the younger generation overreacts to social media. We all kind of have a tendency at times, sometimes too. But but the the part about it which brings in Zion is people are questioning how heavy is he, basketball activities, whatever. He's like, all right, I'll show them. The problem with it is twofold. One, if you're hurt every year and you just get cleared, I don't know if doing a between the legs dunk is probably the best thing for your feet. And two. It allows the rest of us to go like, well, geez, he looks pretty good. Why isn't he playing for the Pelicans? I think two more than one, but I do think that one. I played with a guy named Gary Bell when I was in Notre Dame. Gary was a high school American. He was, uh, he, I mean, now he would have been incredibly well regarded by the NBA because he was basically a six five six six face-up post. He was like an undersized four. But he had back surgery before we ever got to Notre Dame, and then he wasn't cleared until like mid-season. He gets cleared, and the first day in practice, he's doing behind the legs and between the legs dunks, and just you know he's got all that pent-up energy. Meanwhile, you know the next day he shows he shows up to practice and says, "I can't go, my back hurts too much too soon." Right? Like, but crazy athlete, but he just did too much in a too short a period of time. Um, I think there's a little bit of fear of that. But I, I think the biggest thing is you watch him, you're like, what, how have they announced that he's already he's definitely not playing? He looks okay, right? Jay Stu, is that that was that the uh, is that the what you took when you watched it? And that that's what's uh, kind of confounding about this because remember the news uh, came out yesterday that that he was being shut down for the season or that he wasn't going to play because of that foot. Did he release this as a response to that? Like, I'm not really injured. The team is telling you that I'm injured, I, but if he's if he's okay to play, why isn't he playing? And then you put this against the uh, from a couple months back, where he's not really talking to anybody and is he's doing his own thing. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's all it's all kind of confusing to me. Very very confusing, very confusing. And the guy that the broadcaster that you spoke to, uh, who had a bad weekend on social I don't media, think, I, I, yeah, I don't think he had a bad, yeah, bad weekend on social media. That's a good. Way. Yes, I don't think he had as bad a weekend as Rex Chapman did. Did you uh, did did you see what happened with uh, Rex on Saturday night? I did, <laughs> I did. Rest in peace, Pete Gillen. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like he was serious. Yeah, I mean he meant Skip Prosser. 
um, oh. who, di- who didn't coach it. So Pete Gillen, before he coached at Providence, coached at Xavier. The coach, I th- uh, did Thad? No, Thad was after um, Skip. Skip followed Pete Gillen, and then Skip left and went to Wake Forest. Skip tragically died of a heart attack uh, at Wake Forest. That's who he meant. So it actually was, he just he just got the former Xavier coaches confused is all, is, is, is what happened. But still, it's hard to kill somebody off. And then, I don't know if you guys saw, but Barry Hinson, who's an assistant in Oklahoma State, he posted... Uh, he posted a, a, a picture from heaven. Him and <laughs> him and me killing. I, I think that there's, um, you know, if it if it is what you just said, I didn't know that. In other words, I just saw the reaction. Everyone's just killing him for being an idiot. And if well, this this just... is where this is where I I think I I look, and this is what happens in television. Is what happens in television, and I've gotten, I'm, I've been on the other side, not the other side. I'll tell you how. With when somebody makes a mistake, what you're supposed to not do is you're not supposed to point it out, and if they want to correct their mistake, they correct it on their own. Now, what I would have done if I was on the set there is like, I think you meant Skip Prosser, both Xavier coaches. Like, yes, Skip Prosser, my bad. Again, the the, the problem with that set is. Um, I think Seth knew he was, Seth knew who he was talking about, but Seth is several seats over. You have um, who's sitting next? What's the uh, uh, Parker? Parker, yeah, Candace Parker. Candace Parker. Candace Parker was a great player and is a good basketballist. She doesn't know anything about men's college basketball. Her brother played. Her brother was a hell of a player at Bradley. I played against him overseas. Of course, he played in the NBA. Okay. She is a, she is a very very bright woman and she absolutely knows basketball. She doesn't know anything about college basketball. And you're putting her up there and that is fine. Like she's smart enough to know to stay away from the things that, that Rex who also doesn't really know college basketball either. Directs she, like you just got to stay away from the things you don't know. You don't have to get into you can be very she's bright enough to where and that's why I think she didn't say anything. Just stay in your lane. Somebody wants to ask you about breaking down a play like she knows hoop. Great. The problem is that you got a the other the real problem is you had a host that doesn't know college basketball at all. <laughs> well, he doesn't know anything. I mean, he don't know anything. Like this is literally the first time he's ever he's ever been a host on it, and that's actually the host's job. Okay, the host's job is to clean that stuff up, not really Seth Davis or whatever. And what happens when you're one of the other guys and you're trying to clean something up? Sometimes people get. People think you're trying to point out their mistake, and you're not. You're just trying to help out. Like, hey, I'm just trying to help Rex out. Like, he wasn't that far off. I mean, look, he's, he said, God, sham, God, play. That's a note that somebody handed him, and then he threw in. The, I'm sure he added in the Pete Gillen was the coach, and then he's like the late Pete Gillen, right? Xavier, right? Oh, yeah, Pete Gillen. I, I, he was handed the note. God, sham, God wasn't the best player in that team. He wasn't the second best player. He wasn't the third best player in the team. He had a cool name, and he's an unbelievable ball handler. But, I mean, that was Austin Crozier and, you know, Ruben Garces. And uh, they also had my, my, my guy 530 on that team. Like, they, they, had, they had dudes on that team. They went small. But, but the, he gets killed for killing off Pete Gillen – when he wasn't that far off, I mean, I th- I think he remembered sort of the story of the former Xavier coach who died. That's Skip Prosser, not Pete Gillen. Here's what's interesting. I'm sorry to jump in on this, but because we just did it last segment. And again, you know, when you said Mike McDaniel was Mike McDonald, 
And I've worked with you, Doug, enough to know that yeah. I can correct you. Sure. And that that okay, I knew that but there is there is a chemistry. We've worked together for half a decade. Like we know, like I know I can do that. And not make you look bad or me look like a know-it-all, but just to set the record straight. And your point about the set that they have there, I think, is very important that there wasn't an opportunity for a life preserver. And that is what's uh, what then all of a sudden it ends up going, you know, down the, you know, down the stream. But that, you know, we just, you know, I make mistakes as well, and you guys correct me, or, you know, in, in saying something. So. But there's that chemistry to be able to do that. To just throw five people together that haven't worked together or done anything, it's very, very difficult. To do. Well, the other, the other part is this. Okay, here's the other part. Now, I, I want to make sure so when somebody relays this to like Turner, like, oh, God, they was saying bad things about Turner. First of all, I, I spent one this weekend, the Sweet 16 weekend, my second year at CBS, I spent one week we were there. It was the most enjoyable uh, time I have ever had, and I've done this for 20 years. I've done studio shows at the three major networks and a couple of minor networks. It was the most enjoyable time I've ever had. However, however, okay, it is not without flaw, and you're pointing out a huge flaw, which is they hadn't worked together. Here's the other part. They don't really meet. Turner has this belief where you don't and really, it's the inside the NBA guys. And even though everybody else does like to meet, because the NBA inside the NBA guys do it, like everybody's like, Candace Parker, there's no chance Candace Parker was doing a pre-show meeting. They just don't. The host meets with the producer. The host will come over and talk about what you want to talk about. The producer come over. But you're not like meeting. You're sitting around watching games all day. And that's how, but it's really hard when you haven't worked with one another. The hardest part, though, honestly, is that none of them covered the sport. Like there's like, five months of a sport and they're covering month six. Like that's, you're, you're asking somebody to do something which is impossible. Sure. It is not possible to do. Not. I, but, I'm telling you one time, they, I did I did a, I don't know if you guys know this, I did the national championship game in women's basketball. I did the Final Four um, and it was a, it's called a full circle broadcast and we had I think nine cameras going at once. And so I don't know if you remember this ESPN2 had like a nine box or whatever and then we would switch to a box and Carolyn Peck was my analyst. And I was like the, the host, play-by-play, whatever. And I'm not really a play-by-play guy. And I remember walk, getting on the plane and a woman named Tina Thornton, who is head of women's basketball for ESPN, was a really close friend of mine. She asked me as a favor to do it. Somebody else, I don't know, they got sick. And I mean, I studied as much as I possibly could. And I would do better now because I actually have friends that are now coaching in women's basketball. And I know better now how to reach out and know some of the stuff. But like, I have no idea. None. I can't tell you what happened in January. Right? Like, I know what happened with one player at UConn because she hurt her knee, and she's Paige um, Beckers. Uh, Paige Beckers. Got her, like, she's the most famous women's college. But that's, that, that's it. That's all I know. You know? And I know Nikki Collins, a friend of mine, she got the Baylor job, and they got beat by South Dakota at home. And I thought that was kind of a big upset, and it was. But I remember working on that going like, I, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just, I don't like that. And what happens is people do one of two things. They'll only kind of, they'll, they'll just, they'll talk in short bites and be very bland. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll start saying things about something they, they don't know anything about. Like I tell the story all the time. I was, 
my first year doing games uh, during the Final Four, somebody on set at the halftime of Syracuse, Michigan said, Syracuse has got to get out of that zone. What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> I, I want you guys to I want you guys to ask yourself something. Okay, this is this is great. I'm somebody who always I like to I I like to correct and make sure to. So I'll tell you, <laughs> you what know, I said. Can I get? Can I guess what you said? You don't have to guess. You already know. Mm. I thought okay. you would say they will when Beheim retires. That's a good one. That's a good one. I said this is what I said. I said you're right. I would get out of the zone. You would get out of the zone. <laughs> We'd all get out of the zone. I said, but that old guy on that sideline, he's won like over 900 games, and they've played zero possessions of man-to-man all season long. So how can they, how can they adjust the zone? That, that's what I that, – that was, that was as politically correct an answer as I could go with. And I had my bosses that were like, man, you handled that really, really well. Because I don't know what you, yeah, like, you know, what, what do you do with it? You just kind of leave it out there? And look, I'll be honest, I screwed up uh, one time in, in a very big spot. Uh, actually, that the, the finals of that same year where Trey Burke was taken out in the first half with two personal fouls. Remember, uh, Spike Albrecht came in and, and had 17 in, half, in the first half. But by the end of the first half, Spike had kind of lost all of his luster and they lit him up, right? And my point was like, okay, like you used him, he was great. Go back to your starting point guard. He's your starting point guard for a reason. And they didn't. And um, But then at the end of the game, I was like, oh, look, he still only has two personal fouls. That's because the box that was on the – the box score that was on the table was the halftime box, not the full game box that had – he had four fouls. Anyway, I was trying to make my point about Trey Burke, and I screwed it up. So we, so we all make mistakes. But it's – I mean, we you, you can't put people in impossible situations. And you can have a host that hasn't covered college basketball, but you can't have a host and, like, at least two analysts. And I think that day they had three that didn't cover college basketball all year because that wasn't the year. Was that the, was that the one? Did they have Frank Martin, that, that one, or did they have Huggy Bear, or did they have somebody yeah, else? Yeah, they, they may have had a coach. You but know, see, that's but, on the other side of the yeah. desk. It was it, Bob it, Huggins, it, yeah. It was Bob Huggins. And, like, Bob Huggins is probably – he probably loved it. He probably was sitting there going, like, let these guys talk about something. Whereas I'm sure Seth probably – Seth was probably confused and was probably wheels was spinning. But once you get to the host and poor Candace, like, she doesn't know. Like, when – when – when – um when Providence was good, okay, and they had Austin Crozier and they had God Sham God, right? This is 1997. Candace Parker was like 10 years old, right? What year was she born? I'm guessing she was like 10 at the time. So we're asking somebody to, to, to help somebody out about a mistake that she doesn't know about, a sport she doesn't cover. It's a different sport than the one she played. And even though her brother played it, like, she was probably 10 when it actually happened. She's born in 86. How'd I do? She's 11. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines of World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's... Get to the press. The press. Fire. 
Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, a lot of changes when it comes to the odds following the trade that's in Tyreek Hill from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins. Some things to note right now, the Dolphins, according to Bet Rivers, a plus 440 to win the AFC East. Now, the Bills... Minus 200, Bill's obviously the favorite. But the Dolphins, prior to this trade, were around plus 700. So they have jumped up. Bet Rivers right now has them at plus 440 when it comes to uh, winning the AFC East. So they increased there. As for the Chiefs, you saw a bit of a dip for them to win the AFC at plus 500. And for them to win the Super Bowl, a different story uh, at plus 1,000 right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Prior to the trade, they were around plus 800, plus 850 in that neighborhood. But now plus 1,000, according to Bet Rivers. That's pretty cool. Mm, that is pretty cool. Um yeah, it doesn't put them – they still have the problem that we all think they had a problem that is it is too good enough, right? Yeah. Like that's still that's that's still an issue. So we keep going around and doing this and doing that, and it's like the old uh, sleight of hand trick. Okay. Right? At the end of the day, you still got the same issue. Um. And I don't know if they've been able to fix it well enough. Um, all those wins last year were over bad teams, except Baltimore, who was all banged up and was on a Thursday after they'd played late Sunday. So who was, who didn't make the playoffs anyway? So that one's fascinating to me. If if the Dolphins are are that much better, although their personnel continues to look better, maybe the Dolphins were one of the five teams that spoke with Colin Kaepernick's trainer. That's because David Robinson told TMZ that five teams contacted him to inquire about Kaepernick after a recent workout was posted uh, online and through social media of Kaepernick throwing the football, throwing to Tyler Lockett. But five teams at least inquiring on the shape of Colin Kaepernick, according to his trainer. Huh. Tall. Angular. Um, Huh? I feel like the five teams is – that's a very dude number. Five. How many beers did you drink? Uh, this is like my 14th beer. That's like your, <laughs> it's like your third beer, dude. Five. How many girls have you been with, bro? Too many to count. Like, mm, didn't she have a girlfriend all through high school and college? What, what, what is interesting is Pete Carroll, remember, said that Kaepernick was the one to call him. But this That's is saying that this is different, that the uh, teams are actually calling uh, Kaepernick's trainer. Liar! Liar! Uh, yeah, I don't buy for one side. If five teams called, he would have signed with one of them. Maybe they he thought it, for what kind of shape they were in. Uh, yeah, what kind of shape he was in. What is, yeah. What is it? What are yeah. those five wrong numbers? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody for uh, I your car warranty. Some, I do think there's probably a couple teams that like. Hey man, why don't you reach out and see? Now the the problem with Colin Kaepernick, and this is what I tell very good story. Like people talk about Seattle. Do you know why he didn't sign Seattle when he visited there originally? Because Russell Wilson didn't want him there. And he didn't want a circus with his backup quarterback? Come on. No shot. It's been, None. It's been my yep. theory that yep. the Seahawks should sign him, and then they don't they sign Kaepernick, and then nobody's questioning about Russell Wilson. What They'll, they'll be talking about Kaepernick and Kaepernick in camp and not what Wilson's doing in Denver. Right. I, under, I understand the problem with it is the problem is not signing Colin Kaepernick. The problem is cutting Colin Kaepernick. The likelihood of a guy who wasn't a particularly good NFL quarterback his last three or four years. Like, go back and look when the last time Colin Kaepernick was good. 
I think it was 2013. Is that right? It's been a One, while. Two, three, four, that's, yeah, been a while. <laughs> yes. Sweep the leg. <laughs> no, oh. Sweep the leg. Been a while. Um, that's nine years ago. So the problem with signing Colin Kaepernick is when Colin Kaepernick inevitably isn't good enough, you have to cut Colin Kaepernick. And then you can cut him, and then you'll get told that the only reason you cut him was because of his activism. When that's 100%. not the case. LeBron James out tonight uh, for the Lakers. Going to rest his sore knee against the Sixers. Yay. They got a little break in the schedule, so you'll get about a week off. And finally, Doug, we missed this yesterday. I blame right. myself. Or our 10-second segment. Uh, <laughs> Maury Povich calling it quits. Retiring. Wow. 31 years. Who yes. replaces Maury? <laughs> I don't know if anybody can replace Maury. Buyer. Buyer. Yes, there Buyer. we go. Buyer. Who is going to reveal? Who is going to reveal for America who the parents are to all these children? Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. You know, I thought I knew who my dad was, and then I watched Maury Povich. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 